Academy episode 16. Well, you know, this was really driven home by uh, a quick story that I'll share how an oil filter cost the shop $48. And I was up uh, at a shop, we're doing some audits, and I wanted to see how much time it took to do the courtesy inspection. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, aftermarketers, to the Matching Audio Podcast of the Town Hall Academy video on lean processes. This is Carm Capriato. See the show notes for this Town Hall Academy at remarkableresults.biz slash A016. And there you'll find bios on my guests and talking points. You know, I understand that not everyone has the time to sit in front of a video screen or to be on Facebook. Now that's the power of podcasting, the digital audio broadcasts that's so portable and easy to find that it fits in with your daily routine. Every Academy session is on my website's learning page. And now you have the additional resource of having the Town Hall as a podcast. You know, I have a special app for iOS or Android. Find it at your app store and bring the audio podcasts right to your smart device. Keep in mind, each week we take a single topic with an industry panel and we broadcast live Fridays at 12 noon Eastern on my webinar platform and on Facebook. You'll get powerful learning nuggets in each episode. It's your peers who put on this tutoring and share their ideas, best practices, and passion on what works for them and where they've had their own successes and challenges. Use the Academy and all Remarkable Results podcasts to improve your knowledge base and success. On your next team meeting, schedule a lunch and learn with your team. Listen or watch an Academy episode. Thanks for allowing me to be the catalyst for the storehouse of wisdom and knowledge that exists in the aftermarket and serve it up for you in this powerful digital audio space. Thanks for your support. Now meet my guests, Donnie Seifer, second generation repair shop owner and ASE master technician. Donnie is an active industry educator and is past chairman of ASA, the Automotive Service Association. He works nationally to help repair shops with IT and service information utilization. Donnie is also a member of the Board of Trustees of NATEF and a trustee of AMI. We also have Jeremy O'Neill, President and Lead Sales Trainer for AdvisorFix. Jeremy began his career as a service advisor and quickly moved into service management. Jeremy has been a great contributor to the podcast and is a shop owner. And also Brad Pellman. Along with his wife, Lisa, they own Pellman's Automotive in Boulder, Colorado. Brad is ASE Master Certified and is AAM designated as well. He is currently on the Board of Directors for ASC and ASA Colorado. He has the added privilege of being designated as one of MotorAge's top shops in the country. And he's implementing Lean right now as we speak. Now here we go with the Town Hall Academy on Lean Processes. Welcome, everyone, to the Town Hall Academy. We're here to talk about Lean, L-E-A-N. Many of you have probably uh, maybe read the book, The Toyota Way, and and started to figure out how to improve processes inside of your company. And, you know, Donnie, I've always believed in this statement that processes win wars, and, and they make you um, a well-run company, and it obviously it affects your customers because you wouldn't do this stuff if it wasn't for the ultimate outcome, and that is to make, make happy customers. And you're out there doing a seminar, 
And, and but before we get that, I want to tell everyone that what we what we expect to talk about here today is how we can implement lean techniques in our repair bays and service business. We're going to talk about seven wastes, the five S's, how we get these processes to work inside, as far as minimizing things that we're doing, organizing ourselves, and getting lean to be a behavior in our company. So, Donnie, I want to I want to lay it right out at you. Now, you're out teaching this. Yeah, that's an exciting piece. Yeah, well, it's fun, uh, Carm. That's um, well, of all the classes I do, it's one of the funnest ones to do because it isn't rocket science. Nobody gets the finger pointed at them when you when you start applying this. It's really just a matter of looking at all of the processes that you have and saying, "Can I streamline these? Can I make them more efficient? Can I make them more friendly?" But on top of what you said, where yeah, it's great for the end customer and the end user. It also I think if you do it right, really helps you reduce stress day to day because, you know, there's some of these things that make you crazy. It turns out if you really think about them, they're really easy solutions. You uh, and I chatted, I don't know if it was this week or last week, and you you told me uh, how you make a big impact on your class by using a tennis ball. And and that really, if you will, solidifies the the thinking that has to happen during your class. How, How does that work? It's just a little game that we play that sort of illustrates how smart automotive repair guys really are to begin with, Um, because I've done this for non-automotive groups, and they make it harder than it needs to be. So we put everybody, like, in a circle, and I give them a tennis ball, and I say, figure out the fastest and easiest way for every member of your team to touch the ball. So most of the time, people stand around the table and throw the ball back and forth. Um, So I just got done doing it for four really good uh, shops, did a class, and their first maneuver was to set the ball in the middle of the table and they all touched it. Well, I guess we can't improve that process. There's no faster way for y'all to touch the ball. Donnie, is it possible that they've they've broken the code? They they talk to people and say, hey, next time you go to Donnie's class, everyone touches the ball? <laughs> no, I, I, I mix them up. But typically, what do you see? P- people passing the ball from person to person to person? Yeah, so you know, a lot of times they'll, they'll go around in a circle. And so the idea of the game is supposed to be that you say, okay, now figure out a way to do it more efficiently. Now figure out a way to do it faster. Now figure out how to do it without dropping the ball. Because when they're throwing it, a lot of times, you know, someone will drop it. And when somebody drops it, you know, you can you can see the analogy. And uh, so that that's that's the whole idea. But, you know, they kind of circumvent the entire process and, and the learning piece where they just all go, well, we're so smart, we're just all going to touch the ball and that's it. What I like about what you just said, it's 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 really in the engagement of the team. It's here I own a shop and I sit down with my team and I say, you know, we've got to be able to improve this little area of the business. Let's brainstorm this. Let's talk about it. How about if we walk through what it is that we're doing? Let's look for breakdowns. Let's let's look for better ways. It's almost the the tennis ball example, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, you know the other thing that that we also illustrated with this is uh, another little exercise I do. It's called herding cats, and uh, you can find me. By the way, for for those that are listening, these are all on the website lean.com, and so you can download them and play these with your with your staff. and And it's kind of fun little thing to do if you're having a lunch meeting. But it takes all these numbers and puts them just randomly on a sheet, and then you've got to find them. Well, if if you're finding them one by one. It's really hard because they're all random. But uh, as as you you know as you start taking things away and organizing them, and that's the five S piece we're going to talk about. It gets more efficient. So, um, but one of the obvious things is uh, when you ask them to do something like, okay, so 
pass this ball around so every team member touches it. Right? Then do it better. I didn't have to tell them how. You know, and you can say, well, it's a ball, duh. But I think the same thing happens. I, in fact, I'd be interested to see what Jeremy and Brad think. But I think the same thing is really true a lot of times in the shop. We already intuitively know what we ought to do. It's just everybody formalizing it and saying, okay, let's actually do it. Well, that's a mouthful. Formalize it and do it. And lock it down. I mean, you know, put that epoxy on it. Make it, make it solid. And we do it the same each and every time, yes? That's the idea. <laughs> Welcome, Brad Pellman. I want to introduce Brad to everyone here. Brad first started working in the automotive industry at the age of 15. Wow. Uh, and over his career, has held a wide variety of jobs at both dealerships and independent repair shops. And in 1995, his dream of owning his own shop became a reality when he opened up Pellman's Automotive in Boulder, Colorado, with his wife, Lisa. Now, Brad is an ASE Master Certified and AAM designation uh, as well. He is currently on the Board of Directors for ASE and ASA Colorado with past board involvement with CCPN and the TechNet Automotive Council. He has had the added privilege of being designated as one of the Motor Age top shops in the country and hopes to continue to raise the awareness and importance of independent automotive repair across our country. He's implementing lean at his shop, and that's why he's here. Donnie just kind of laid this perfect next question at you, minimizing tech activity in the work bay. Have you attended Donnie's class? We have. We actually just recently came out of a lean class with Donnie. You know, it was actually brought to us by one of our technicians who had uh, talked to Donnie about it, or Tony was talking about it in one of the, at, like at the summit event, and um, he came back to us and said, I really think we should do this in our shop. Is there a process that you have to follow? Or are you just taking certain sections of, of um, 5S and, um, sorry, the other, the seven weights, and are you, are you looking to implement them individually? It's something that we worked on in the past before, so I, I was familiar with lean ideas already. Um, but certainly when we went to Donnie's class, we what we realized is that we kind of gotten into some bad habits. You know, there were some things that we could work on, and, and uh, you know, it, it really brought us to, back together as a team. What I noticed at the event was that we were communicating away from the shop in, in this environment that was not shop-related, and it, we were all basically at a big table talking together as one unit. And uh, it really brought us back together, I think. That's powerful stuff. I mean, that's what the Academy is all about. So thank you for, for that. I just can't wait to dive in a little deeper. Jeremy, is lean behavior a skill that can be trained? I believe it is. And when we look at performance, whether it's shops, dealerships, or any business, you look at the human behavior side of it. And, you know, we all have different personality traits and core traits, but the behavior is something that can be trained. And it's very interesting when you look at the waste. And one of the things that I look at when you, whether it's lean process or shop productivity, is I'll go into a shop and I'll look at a shop that has nine bays and they think they're doing great, but three technicians are taking up three bays each. And I'm going, you know, how many hours a day should each bay produce? So if you have eight lifts, nine lifts, how many hours should each lift produce? And my standard is each lift in the business should produce a minimum of eight hour, eight labor hours per day. And if it doesn't, you've got a tremendous amount of waste there. If I had nine lifts and I had nine technicians, I gave them each three cars per day, they would produce eight to 10 hours a day. Why are you allowing a technician to steal labor productivity from your shop just because he doesn't like to move cars around or the inefficiency of, well, that thing's going to, we're going to pull this out. We need to let it hang. No, body shops move cars around all day long. So I look at it as it is behavior and you've got to start from the bottom up 
you know, even your shuttle driver has got to understand the lane process, where he parks the shuttle, man. If, he, if he's walking clear across the parking lot and it's taking him an extra minute, you know, well, if he does that 10 times per day, round trip, that's two minutes, you know, that's 20 minutes wasted. He could be doing other things in the business to drive revenue and productivity. So that's really one of the, I do believe behavior is a skill and you got to have the awareness of, it. and then you have to have an open system where if you have service advisors that are not open to being critiqued or taking constructive feedback on how they're doing their job or even technicians as well, that openness of, look, there's no judgment here. We're all just trying to build the absolute best business we possibly can. Then you can get the behavior trained because you've got to first be aware of what you're not doing correctly. But you know, one of the things that, that I hate hearing in a class is when you share a topic and you get the proverbial, oh, I know, I know. If you realize what just happened, you just shut your mind off to learning. So everybody in our organization is open to re- even myself. You know, my teammates come to me with better ideas than I have. And I go, wow, how come I didn't think of that? And if you don't foster this communication, the behavior will never change. Got it. Thanks, Donnie. Can you start us off on the seven wastes? They're pretty straightforward. And some of them are a little less intuitive than um, you might think of as far as what they mean. But let's start with the first one, which is transportation. And the next one is inventory. Let me go back. I should give you a quick description. Transportation is anytime you have to move things around. So basically what Jeremy discussed. And transportation is often in manufacturing considered a bad thing. But sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes you need to move things around to make up and make better use of the next item, which is inventory. And it, with inventory, uh, I adapt this in auto repair to include, obviously, the labor time because that's our biggest profit center, uh, as well as parts and, and how, do, how do we work around those and how do we use those the best. And then there's motion, and motion is your motion. So if you're a technician and you have to keep going back and forth to get a tool over and over, that would be motion. Um, waiting is the number one thing, right? That's what everybody's always talking about, and I think it's the easiest <laughs> So it's anytime you're having to wait so that you can do the next operation. And uh, I find that shops, this is always what comes up in the class as the big thing that you want to work on. And then 10 minutes into it, they're like, oh, that was easy. We just have to be doing something else instead of waiting. And then the, then the next two, overproduction and overprocessing, are, are functionally talking about doing things you're not getting paid for. So overproduction is doing work that you don't have approved, uh, and, and overprocessing in, in manufacturing is literally just handling too much or taking too long to get something done. Um, I take that overprocessing more as when we're uh, when we're selling diagnostic time and things like that, which is near and dear to, to Jeremy's heart. That if why do we do work we haven't sold yet, and then we lose that, and or why do we do work? that we could be doing on Thursday when we had work that was due on Monday and it's Monday. Um, so those two kind of go together. Defects, of course, obviously that's, um, that's anything that, uh, that doesn't work no matter whose fault it is. And that's the big thing. Again, Jeremy uh, referred to that. This doesn't work if you use it as a weapon. It only works if you use it to, um, to make systems better. And then Bill Haas and I do this together quite often. We add two other items because they, they roll back onto other things. And the first one is safety, because if you get hurt or even a repetitive wear thing, you hurt the inventory along with everything else. But, you know, not only do you hurt yourself, but you hurt the overall inventory. And then the last item that, um, that Bill loves is unused creativity, where you've got all of this smart 
people in your business and are you using them? And Brad's guys were just, I mean, they were awesome the way they worked together. Unused creativity. Very good. I love that. Brad, explain a little more on why that really was a, a high level thing for you. You know, I think that the unused creativity thing, that's, you know, we weren't going to our employees really and asking them to participate. You know, what are your ideas? How can you help? And, and really, when we opened the door up to that, we came up with several things in the transportation side of the, what he was talking about. You know, why are we parking employee cars by the back door? Why shouldn't we have that area be for customer vehicles so that they're quicker to get to instead of us walking across the lot, you know, five times a day? Let's just walk across once a day to go to our car when we're going home. I think that's primarily what Dottie's talking about, that unused wealth of information that's out there is when, you know, we get on our path and we think we know exactly what's right and we want to do it our way. And, you know, if we don't open up our minds a little bit and listen to our crew who's out there in the bay, you know, you know, we're not always right. I get it. Uh, I love that. The unused creativity. Let me just share with you a thought that came through my mind is, you know, every you see a lot of surveys about, you know, employee engagement. And one of them is that they want to be in on things. And it's almost a, a direct shot of, you know, say implementing lean. And I love unused creativity. It's a great, great two words pulled together for in, engaging your people. Donnie, as far as these, um, these wastes, if you will, can you take a couple of them and, and kind of zero in where we're going to get the most effect in, in the service bays in, in, in our shops today? Yeah, I think that where you get the most effect is also where you get the most bang for the buck, and that is with waiting. It's one of the easiest ways to solve. And I'll give you an example of, of a waiting scenario. How many times does a tech come up and say, I can't do something because I'm waiting on a part? And so one of the things that you know I suggest is, well, okay, so think about this. Why don't you plan your day? You know what cars are coming in. And if you're not writing a schedule, then that's all you do is wait. Right. So but if you've got a schedule planned out and you know what's coming in, why don't you plan your day? Because there's a reality out there. You cannot expect your parts suppliers to have things ready for you in there every 30 minutes. It's, it's just not going to happen. And, and it's an unrealistic expectation. And it also runs the wheels off their trucks and makes them not as interested in participating with you. Right. So then they're part of your whole waste. So um, if you say, okay, I need to get this car checked out, I need to talk to my service advisor and, and, and get whatever I need approved. And then while he's working on that, I'll do this job that's already approved rather than coming in first thing in the morning and doing something that's approved and letting all those other cars sit until you get there. So by doing that, you kind of piggyback on the waiting because the parts guys are able to deliver your pieces while you're working on something else. And suddenly your inventory sales go up on top of that. So, you know, it's really pretty simple. And, and I've found that when, when you talk about that in a class, they start off all upset about it. And then they start saying, oh, well, this isn't all that hard. How interesting. It's near dear to my heart since I spent a lot of time in the distribution world all my life. And, you know, you're, and you're right that the tires are falling off the trucks for trying to do a 30 minute or less delivery. And are you really suggesting anticipation of uh, what you're going to need? If you've got three brake jobs coming in, are you suggesting that you order at least the, the, the pads and the rotors for all of them to have them there? And then if something else happens in between, you can leapfrog into another job while you may be waiting for calipers. Is that what you're saying? That's one solution. Um, my, my main supplier, you know, they don't like to work under stress and they know we've got a really high uh, percentage of closing the sale. So our return rate's pretty darn low. So if I say, hey, I want all of this stuff, 
and uh, we ordered it in the afternoon for the next day. It's here, and you know maybe we return some of it. Maybe I miss once in a while on the heart, but but by and large, it, it just makes it easier. And plus, you know, customers are blown away when you're like, oh yeah, I've already got that stuff here. I'm ready to go. Uh, it, it's not that they're they're going, oh, you were anticipating the sale and you were going to sell it to me. It's like, no, I care about your time. Time is the new currency. Jeremy, game time performance, every minute counts. Explain that to me. Well, you know, this was really driven home by uh, a quick story that I'll share how an oil filter cost the shop $48. And I was up uh, at a shop, we're doing some audits, and I wanted to see how much time it took to do the courtesy inspection. And the technician rolls the car and I got the stopwatch on the video camera going, and I'm like, hey, do you have the oil filter for this car? And he's in Bay 6, right? So he's at the furthest bay away from the office and the parts room. And he goes, uh, no, I don't. I said, great, I'll go get it for you. Keep working on the car. So I walk down, and I've got the video camera rolling, and I've got the stopwatch going. And the lead technician stops me, and he's like, hey, I need to talk to you real quick. And I'm like, can't wait. He's like, no, I need to talk to you. So here goes a six-minute conversation. And I'm really good at getting out of conversations, but I couldn't drag myself out of this one for six minutes. So then I go get the oil filter. On my way back, the same guy says, hey, I got one more thing. So there's another two minutes burned. And I'm like, are you serious? So the sad part of this was the technician that was doing the service had already walked past the parts room into the service office to get the keys, went out front, pulled the car around. That team should have had the oil filter, everything ready to go in a package so he didn't have to waste time. So, you know, eight minutes lost is a ton of time. When you add up the the, the lost revenue that... You know, it's 48 to 60 some dollars, depending on what your labor rate is and all that. These are the minutes that get lost. And the other thing that, that, you know, people don't understand, it's not just minutes. Every second of your day counts. And when you look at shop, there's no reason a shop should stay late. Your technician should not stay late. They shouldn't have to work till eight or nine o'clock at night. They shouldn't have to work six days a week. You come in and for eight hours, you give it 100% of your A effort, put every ounce of energy in. You work as smart and efficient as you possibly can. Do not waste time and understand that every minute of your day counts and it's game time. When you're on the clock from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., let's work. Let's do the job we need to and do it the best possible way we can and make it happen. Brad, can we improve the communications between the service writers and the technicians in this lean concept? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, You know, I think that digital inspections go a long way for that. I mean, what we're what we've done here and implemented here at our shop is to try to utilize our technology as much as possible to stop trips back and forth of people talking to each other. Um, a lot of times, you just need to ask a technician to verify something for you, and it may not be because of that. And you don't want to pull a tech out from underneath the hood of the car. So we utilize Google Talk in our shop, and basically they'll just send him a message, and then whenever he gets out from under, he's at his toolbox. Um, he can respond, yeah, that's the part, or no, I need two of those, or whatever. And uh, and you know, it only takes him 10 seconds. It didn't take a tech or a service writer walking back there and then taking his time or pulling him out from underneath the car while he was working on it. Anytime you do that, then there's this big process of getting back to where you were. So I totally agree with what Jeremy said about the minutes lost. I mean, it's it is the minutes. I mean, we focus too much on the hours that we try to sell, and we think that's where all our money is, but it's that wasted minutes of time where we're walking here doing that or we get distracted talking to this guy over there um so yeah the the communication piece is huge shorten that time do what you can to make it quick so i can't help but think donnie jeremy brad is it creating happy customers is it creating a stronger net profit stronger companies so that everything works better above the line 
Is it um, engaging our team to, to understand how to be more productive, efficient, proficient? Is it all, or, or D, all of the above? And if it's all of the above, give our listener, the person who's going to watch this video over and over again, uh, an opportunity on how they could get started. You pretty much hit the nail on the head. What it is, and, and this is one of the primary, this is the main reason to do lean, if, if you want to call it doing lean, but to incorporate lean in your business. And that is value. Is, is what I'm doing right now, is that value added? And my definition of value or non-value added is, is a customer willing to reach into their pocket and hand me money for what I just did? And if they are, then that's a value added thing. If they're not, it's non-value added. And while those things may be absolutely essential, how do I spend the least amount of time? So I think you do the most work on the non-value added to streamline that so that when you're spending time with your customer, they don't feel like you're streamlining them, right? Or, or their car. So the more that you can trim all of that stupid stuff, you know, like Jeremy's uh, filter and Brad's communications with technicians and, and all of that sort of thing, then you can spend your time on the stuff your customers will actually write a check for. You agree, Brad? I do agree. I mean, it's, you know, every time you gain time in your shop uh, throughout your process of the, of the selling work and the back end stuff, that's time that you now get to spend with your customer, um, with your service staff to really, truly in, engage with them and uh, build the trust and uh, sell the value of what you have to sell. Donnie, have you seen more proficiency or efficiencies come from really good lean efforts? Absolutely. Yeah, it's because it's a lot easier. You can go in and pick off a particular item. You know, we're going to talk about 5S here along, along the way, but you can go in and pick off a particular item that's a problem. And you, know, you may have a process that's really, really good, but it's just got one thing in it that needs to be considered. And, and in a lot of cases with technicians, the, you know, they, they're doing something new. And when they're doing something new, they're not exactly sure which tools to bring to the table and which equipment to get out. And if they read the service procedure, which might take them a whopping three or four minutes, how much time are they going to save in motion alone by not having to go back and forth to the toolbox multiple times or well, which piece of equipment and when am I going to need help? And, and, and they can pregame that. You know, Donnie, I'm going to chime in here because I, I love that thought that you're the, the concept you just talked about is a technician reading the repair procedure. And so many times technicians, and, and I've been guilty of it too. Oh, I know how to do this. And then you don't realize if you just stopped and gathered information and thought through the process before you attacked it, it could have saved you 15 minutes. I mean, just even three minutes saved is a ton of time. So that's a, that's a great thought. Absolutely. So uh, what we do, we sell time, don't we? Absolutely. <laughs> All I keep hearing is, well, two minutes here, this efficiency there. It's, I, I guess, you could, can you do an extra job or two a day? Easily, you could do an extra two jobs a day. I mean, that's that's where the, those technicians are going to get above that eight-hour mark, you know, and get their nine and ten hours a day or even more sometimes. But if you're not looking at how your day is organized and you're not prepping, you're losing. 5S, Donnie, you brought it up. Lay it right back in your lap. I love this. Where do you hear this, gang? When you read about this stuff in manufacturing and other places, a lot of the coaches that do this type of thing say, you don't do 5S. Well, I think in an auto repair shop, you absolutely do 5S. It's an action. You know, they, they call it a behavior. I don't think it becomes a behavior until you go through the action. 
So they're, they're, the S's were originally Japanese terms um, because the you know this was this came out of a lot of the stuff that Toyota did. But um, they're they're like this in American shine, and that means that we want to make the area that we're dealing with. This is about your physical location. Um, we want to make it nice. We want to make it clean so that it looks good. Um, then the next move is standardized. How do I make sure that everything is streamlined and we've applied the other waste pro- uh, processes to it? And then we need an SOP, which is the standardization part, right? So if we agree that all of our equipment is going to be set up in this order, there needs to be an SOP that everyone agrees on and everyone signs off on because it doesn't work if you've got three guys in the shop that are all doing it and then one leaves a piece of equipment sitting out in the middle of the shop until somebody else does the work for them. So the big thing with this standardization piece is it has to be easy to be consistent because, again, we're trying not to waste time on non-value-added stuff, and that's what this addresses. Um, then the next one is sustain. So obviously you have to have a plan so that the thing can, uh, can continue to work. So, yeah, and the sort piece is, um, is more ap- appropriate for um, those things that we tend to collect. Um, auto technicians tend to be just-in-time thinkers or just-in-case thinkers. And so we're like, oh, you know, I kept that. I, I tell the story of one of my techs had a, uh, a airflow meter from a Nissan from the 90s on his cart forever and ever and ever. And I'm like, I, I was helping him. I said, I'm going to clean your cart up for you. So I show you how this could work. And uh, I said, what's this for? Uh, well, that's a known good part. I'm like, is it good? No. So it's not only is it not good, what's it fit? Oh, uh, old dots and Z cards. And when was the last time one of those was in? That needed a bad part. Um, never. <laughs> I said, good. So we found another four by four square inches of space on your uh, on your cart. So, you know, it's it's funny, but but it's true. And, and it holds with everything you do. If you put things in places where everybody agrees to and everybody knows where they are, I'm telling you, you want to get Jeremy's seconds and minutes. I timed myself on a Saturday because I was so frustrated with trying to find things in the shop. I timed myself looking for really pretty obvious stuff. I couldn't find a battery charger one day, and I was not happy. <laughs> so I ran around. Uh, I remember going through a distribution center that just implemented Lean, and uh, we walked around, and we were actually we're, we were shown what to, what to look for. So here's a section of pallets, and there's a picture of a pallet on the floor, and that's where they go. There's a picture of a ladder. This is where the ladder goes, and every tool that the distribution center needed to serve their customers had a place. And it reminds me just what you said, Donnie. Where's the battery charger? Where's this tool? Where's the jack? And we're chasing around our place, looking for tools to make us, you know, get to our next step. And they don't go back to their home, your home, Donnie. Maybe not the team's home. The team's home is anywhere. Your home is here. And if everyone knew that your home was here. Where they all agreed that this is where this is the place. Say there's a picture on the wall. This is where the battery charger goes. And, and that's one of the things that I was so impressed about is that everything it was it was almost like going into daycare and, and it was like, oh my god, this is where everything goes. It was like drawing the picture of the wrenches on your tool on your tool board. Remember those you used to hang the wrenches? It's funny that we're those. talking about battery chargers because that's exactly one of the things that my crew came up with is like why, why do we have to go to the tool room to get the battery charger? It's the farthest place away. We should put it by this door and this door where we use them all the time. I was like, okay, that's simple. And paint the square on the floor 
blue with the name battery charger, and when it's not there, Brad, you will know that it's being used. And if not, and you find that it's idle, then there's a coaching moment. One of my biggest frustrations since I used to work in the shop all the time is when I do go out there to help customers something or find a piece of equipment, you know, I'll go to where I think it's supposed to be and I can't find it. And I end up walking through the entire shop, circling around cars. And, you know, it's like, wow, I'm just killing time here. Just drives me nuts. So Donnie, back to the five S's, standard, uh, shine, standardize, um, sustain, sort, set in order. Um, pick one that you think someone really needs to pay attention to right i mean to me it's probably got to be standardized right it's it's a the whole deal is a process so the really what you do is you do all five s's and you pick something easy um and one of the big things that you know i always warn people and this is not my idea by any stretch you cannot change the world overnight and the hardest thing for owners is we want to get this fixed and so we have to take little pieces and and let them steep and let them set and then keep coaching them to get done and that's that's really hard i for me it's i you know brad and i had this whole conversation we both have our time with that you know, we're like no just want it fixed now and uh, but but that's that's the big challenge is taking it a little at a time a little at a time so donnie you're suggesting lean.com and if any service professional wants to start implementing this and they go to lean.com, are they going to be able to find the five S's and uh, like print that page out and start? Will they understand the meanings behind shine and sort? They're on that website. Yeah, they will. There are some great things on there. The caution I will give you is that many of these guys, lean sort of had this whole place a few years ago. Many of these guys are professional lean coaches. So, you know, they're like now lean fighter pilots. And they get a little off the deep end. Um, and so, you know, that they talk about, you know, things within in all of the Japanese terms now, which makes it, to me, it makes it less attainable and, and not friendly. A recommendation. Let me make one. And then you guys tell me if I'm right. So I go to, I go to lean.com. I look at the seven ways. I look at the five S's and I read a few paragraphs or two. Let my own personal light come on. And then I realize that there is something that I can actually do to improve my business. I may, I may not be super green and lean 100% in the next two or three, but I am improving my business every small little incremental step along the way. It's called continuous improvement for a reason. And you do it in little pieces. And the thing that may be the biggest thing for you, your employees might, may go, yeah. So find one that everybody agrees on as a starting point. And, and fix that one because if, if you've got a little passion about it um, and they get a couple of wins under their belt, then they're like, hey, you know what? My paycheck changed. And, and then you and you get some buy-in. Um, and, and the other thing that I, I told Brad's group as owners, so we have to kind of trust the process. I mean, just like they figured out the ball and how to do it efficiently, they're not dummies. Just say, hey, let's fix this and become a participant in it. Be the coach to make sure it keeps happening, but don't force the process on them because it'll happen all by itself. It sounds to me like a great first exercise, guys, is to do the tennis ball with your team. And Carm, I, uh, Donnie, great, uh, great stuff. I'm, I'm, my pen's like melting. I'm taking so many notes. So thank you. I'm really, you know, I'm honored to just be kind of here listening. 
one of the things that I love to do is, you know, obviously go back to the keep it simple principle. And, and when you look at behavioral change, the, I would encourage any shop, if you're not having a morning huddle with your entire team, get that morning huddle done. It's a five to 10 minute conversation that is going to help you do the five S's, which is you're going to get your workflow in the day. You talk about what worked yesterday, what didn't work yesterday. The other thing is this, it's a cultural thing that is never going to end. It's constant, never ending improvement. And the way to take you out of the pillar. So it's not you bringing this to them. It's everybody working together. As you go through a couple of weeks, you appoint somebody on your staff to lead the morning huddles each week. And then they all share in the ownership of this concept. It's not the boss. Cause look, my guys know the real Jeremy. So they understand, you know, Hey Jeremy, this is great. This is going to last for like 30 minutes and then we're going to get busy. You're going to bring a hundred cars in today. And then, you know, it's all going to go back to normal. I'm like, no guys, look, we're going to do this together and everybody's going to share in the outcome because your, your employees know the true you, right? When stress hits and all that stuff. So getting them to take the lead and take ownership in this as well is key. So I think if you're just going to go do one thing, get a morning huddle going and start reading, you know, get a lean book and start reading it together as a group and let other people lead it as well. And that's the leadership change that will drive that cultural change that you want with the behavior within your company. Great point. Great point, Jeremy. Thanks. Brad, can you describe to us your first meeting to start implementing? How did it go? You know, I think there was renewed um, energy that, that was brought to the table. Uh, I think everybody felt like they were going to have a voice for a change. Um, and not that I'm a hardliner here, but uh, they really came to the ideas with an open mind and started saying things like, hey, I really think we should try this or I think we should do this. So kind of what that spoke to me and said to me was, you know, they've been thinking about things already. This is stuff that's been on their mind that they've just been holding in, you know, and now that they see that there's an open door and they can bring it to the table and, and, and they want to participate in the success of the company, which is really rewarding to know that you have employees that want to do that. Thank you. One of your talking points to me, uh, Brad, was perform a triage, pre-diagnostic routine to include internet resources to help pre-order parts and research for less downtime. Wow. That kind of goes in line with being prepared to what Donnie was talking about. You know, we came up with this idea that we could, you know, we could maybe, because we get really busy here, um, we could maybe have an experienced person go out, check cars out on the lot that are coming in that have, um, you know, the main concern, what is it? The car won't start or there's coolant leaking or whatever. Find out what that main concern is and we can actually order parts, you know, and have them here for what we think is the main concern and they can be ready um, to come in based on, you know, whatever we think. It's okay if we'd be wrong um, once the tech gets it in and gets the full diagnosis done at least we'd be prepped and ready and, and pulling that service information. You know, this is, we're building time in the back side of the shop and everybody's building time in the front. So, you know, let's get the service providers on that. If we have some kind of a weird, Oh, my car only uh, dies when I'm at a stoplight turning right, you know, all right, let's get on the internet. Let's see what Google has to say. Let's see what uh, direct hit has to say, you know, let's research that for our tech and give them a packet of information with their car and, and hopefully parts, in queue for them when when the car's in the bay. Thanks for that. Donnie, if I was a shop owner and I wanted to implement, um, do I have to kind of get out of the way a little bit and kind of let the team do some of this? Um, I kept saying lean and it's leanproduction.com. Leanproduction.com. So yeah, that's, that's the challenge because, you know, for those of us that are business owners, the buck stops with us. And, 
you know, and so a lot of times I think we tend to think, well, if I, if I let this go over to my, to my team, what if they drop the ball? How much money am I going to lose? And, you know, am I going to run off customers that I love, you know, and all of that sort of thing. And, and I think generally what you find is that unless you've got the wrong people there and you already know that you already know if you've got the wrong people, um, you, they'll step right up and, and help. And Brad's example is perfect. You know, when we do this, we do it with the entire shop. So, you know, you've got four, you've got four villages sitting around there and they get to share with each other, but then they also get to share shop to shop and they get to hear from other technicians and shop owners that, Hey, you know what? Our problems are all the same. And uh, all we have to do is figure out how it works in our environment. This kind of reminds me of fine-tuning, and, and bear with me when I say fine-tuning, but if we've got this SOP book, I've even heard some people are actually putting the, their SOPs out on video. Some of the young younger people in the industry are doing the, the video recording, yeah. If we have these SOPs, this is just getting together. You don't even have to call it lean. How can we make this better, team? Well, Carmen, I think a great concept, going back to what Brad was talking about with, you know, having technicians go out and pre-inspect things and get things front loaded. I think this industry has been too far steeped in the old sales process, which is inspect and sell. So we capture the customer car, we inspect it, then we hit them over the head with a large sales presentation. I think consumers today want on-demand information. They want on-demand pricing. They want their problem solved yesterday, not today. And the only way we're going to make it in the future is what I call process innovation. We have to go in and innovate our processes within our business. And that's the only way you're going to capture additional revenue and streamline your processes. My goal for my team is every single day, we find a way to do it better and faster than any of our competitors. And our mission is to be the absolute best shop in our area, period. We're going to do that every single day. So it's all through process innovation. I love it. Process innovation. And use the lean leanproduction.com and the seven wastes and the five S's to really understand and lift that. Well said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Carm, I think the other thing that with what you're saying is you want to also take the processes you already have and run through and say, where is their waste? Um, because it's an easy, convenient time to do it without blaming somebody. And, uh, and you know, text, they, 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 they don't like to be blamed for things. I, the stopwatch doesn't lie. And it's interesting. Our, our brain will think it takes 20 minutes to do something, but it takes you seven and a half minutes. So a technician will put off doing something, moving a car, doing something. Oh, it's going to take me all day. No, it took you 6.2 minutes. Go do it, right? Just get to work and make it happen. I can't help but think, you know, everyone knows Jeremy's personality. Can you imagine him with a camera and a stopwatch? I would fall over myself if you were if you were inspecting me. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I've been chased out of one town or two in my career before. <laughs> You'd make me so nervous. The mask, the stopwatch, and the video camera. That would be just unbelievable. The best example I have is I went to cars.com, and I was doing some training for them in downtown Chicago. And this is a huge company. They've got like 800 employees in this building. And we had meetings stacked up all day long. And on the wall, they have these big clocks, like MBA-style clocks, right? And I'm going, interesting. So I'm like, why don't you guys have us in one meeting room all day? I was like, well, our resources change. Right? We had to move you around. So I would show up to a meeting, and I turn around. It's you know 9.59, and we start at 10. There's nobody in the room. I turn around, do something. I turn around. There's 40 people that magically appeared. So it's like, you know, the, the clock doesn't lie. It's, it's, it's very magical. And a stopwatch doesn't lie either. And you're right. The first time I ever broke a stopwatch out, I had to make a bet with a technician for a $50 bill, and I won because I, I promised him that he could get it done in under 20 minutes, and he did in 18 minutes and 32 seconds. So 
when you take out Facebook and all the distractions and idle conversations, it's amazing how fast you can get things done. What an incredible discussion. I, I'm, uh, I'm moved by it. Donnie, thank you for suggesting this. Um, a while back, we got together and he says, hey, we got to do lean for the Academy. So happy. Brad, you were here. Jeremy, do me a favor. Just give a uh, talk to me as if you were talking to the audience, to a service professional, uh, an owner, and, and tell them what they really need to, to think about as far as the benefits that Lean's going to have in their company. I think that your biggest advantage is you already, I mean, you, you know who's listening to this stuff. They're already the best of the best. So when you're the best of the best, it's hard to find things to make you better. This doesn't make you better. It just makes you more efficient. And so you usually don't have to go out and go to a class. You don't usually have to go out and buy something. This is absolutely free improvements. It's just about behavior. And uh, so I think that's, the, that's what you're going to get. And, and you don't have to do it all at one time. In fact, you really don't want to. Don't totally disrupt an already working system. Just tweak it. Tune it, as you say. Thank you. Jeremy? When I first started this, there, there was a little bit of fear and doing self-analyzation and looking at your performance. So I would leave everybody this, uh, remove the fear and embrace the new. So just remove the fear and, and the new you is waiting on the other side, your new business. Everything you wanted is right there. And it's just like Tony Robbins says, you know, your destiny is shaped in the moment of your decisions and you can make so many small changes that will lead you to the destiny that you absolutely want. So, you know, remove the fear and embrace the new. Donnie, I love what you said. You know, the, the people who are watching this are the people that are at the top of their game and they can always find areas of improving. I want everyone who's watching this video near the end of this video to share this with someone that you know isn't at the top of their game and is struggling and needs some help. We don't do the academies because we, we like to talk to each other. We're here helping pay forward and improve the industry. Brad, I'll give you the last word. You know, I think that uh, it's the realization piece that for me is of the things that you don't realize you are missing or, or the habits that you got into that may not be helping you be more successful. And I think that, uh, you know, with the idea that we're talking to a lot of existing shops that are already doing a lot of things uh, really well, these are shops that have been open a long time and, and it cannot hurt to just take another look at what you're doing uh, and find those areas that maybe you got into a bad habit. Um, that's what we found here and, uh, it's been great and it really, uh, changed the attitude in the shop and, uh, it kind of refocused everyone. Thank you so much. Donnie, are you doing a lot of classes? I do this one a few times a year. Um, I used to do it a lot because I've been doing it since 2009, but, um, I don't do this one quite as often, but it's one of my very favorites. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on Town Hall Academy and a discussion on lean. Have a great, great day. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.